0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Berean Bible Church Sunday morning podcast. Berean Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Today we're going to continue our uh, messages from the book of Acts, as we consider today uh, how we help as a church community as God's people. So I'd like to ask you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 6 and as you do so, uh, let's begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again we thank you for your word. As always Lord, we trust that your words will be heard, our hearts will be open to your words, and we will also live by what your Holy Spirit teaches us. In Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 5, at the end of Acts chapter 5, it ends with this. After we, we see the various challenges that this early Jewish church in Jerusalem has been dealing with, persecution, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, and the issue with that, uh, all the challenges that have come their way. But it says at the end of chapter 5, day after day, in the temple courts, they're in the temple courts preaching and teaching in Jerusalem, and from house to house in the city of Jerusalem, the lower city in the western lower city, they're probably They never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. And it's a, it's a wonderful time now with the gospel spreading, people responding, and this group is growing. And then, of course, today we're going to see a challenge comes up, an issue comes up, a challenge that could have serious ramifications if it's not dealt with carefully. Challenges and opportunities. I want us to think about that today. Challenges, and opportunities. You know I, I look back uh, how many months ago, uh, January, we began a new year and as we always had our new year's uh, message and we look forward to the coming year and uh, who would have ever anticipated the things that have come our way and the challenges and the concerns and issues that have come our way that we are experiencing now uh, worldwide in our own community in our country and uh, these are challenges. But of course challenges also bring opportunities. And I want us to think about that today, challenges and opportunities. This challenge we're going to see in chapter 6 is a tremendous opportunity that has had an impact on God's work even ever since then. So let's look at it. Chapter 6, verse 1. In those days, in this context, now remember we're in Jerusalem, it's the context, it's primarily Jewish believers in Christ, so they are waiting the Messiah to come back as, as they are hoping is preached by Peter and the apostles it's growing it's a diverse group and it says in those days when the number of disciples was increasing it's growing but then it says the grecian jews among them complained against the hebraic jews because their widows their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of the food and so this contention this division uh, takes place so the word grumbling here is a strong word it's the one when the Greek translation of the Old Testament that's used for the grumbling of Israel against God, against Moses and Miriam. Uh, this idea of this, this is a, a serious issue. That might surprise you uh, to, to talk about the Grecian Jews or the Hellenistic Jews or the Greek-speaking Jews and the Hebraic or Hebrew-speaking, Aramaic-speaking Jews. It's more a matter, it's more a matter uh, than just speaking or language but that that frees the greek-speaking and hebrew-speaking jews does sort of identify these two groups you think of judaism as uh, one entity and yet we know here that we we know from this time period and from the book of acts that hellenistic or greek jews who were who were greek culturally it's more than just language they adopted a lot of greek culture they they probably dressed more like greeks their common tongue was greek and they were Greek-speaking, but they're Jews. They obey the Mosaic law. They are Jews. And they have migrated to Jerusalem. Many of them have come to live there, to be near the temple. Many, of course, uh, to be buried in Jerusalem. This is always the tradition. They've come. Saul of Tarsus was a Hellenistic Jew who came from Tarsus. He was raised, in the, he was a Roman citizen. His father was a Roman citizen. And yet, obviously, Paul was very conversant in Hebrew and studied at the feet of Gamaliel. So, it's it's a cultural there's, a, there's almost an ethnicity, if you would say, within the Jewish community, these cultural differences. It's really you know it's interesting that if you I'm reading a book right now on the life of David Ben Gurion and the, and the history, of course, of the founding of the nation of Israel, the state of Israel, and even in in this last past century. When the Sephardic Jews, which were the Middle Eastern, and my father was Sephardic, the Middle Eastern Jews, the Mediterranean Jews, uh, even when the state of Israel was founded by the European Jews, Ashkenazim Jews from Eastern Europe and from Central Europe, there was contention as to accepting these, uh, especially the, the, the Sephardic Jews from Africa, from North Africa, and treating them as a, as a second class. Even here when my father's community came to Seattle, uh, like a lot of Sephardic Jews, initially to be accepted by the Jewish community because their culture was different, but they were Jews. This is what's going on here. And what happens is, up till now, the widows who were dependent upon the Jewish community for their support, the synagogue, they were dependent on this. And we, and some of the authors um, I, I looked at this week talked about the fact there may have been a larger number of widows than normal during this time of the Roman Empire in the Jewish community. And the synagogue took care of them. But you had the Grecian-speaking synagogue, the Hellenist synagogues, who were very uh, orthodox about the Jewish faith, but they were the the Greek culture. They had their synagogue. The Hebraic Jews had their synagogue. And so they took care of their widows. What do you have now? Now you have believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, Christians in this Jewish church. That is the synagogue now. It's It's the Jewish community, Jewish Christian community. And evidently, there is division because the Greek-speaking Jews have raised the point: our widows are not being cared for the way those widows. Uh, there, there was um, uh, prejudice here, if you will, against the widows and how they were being taken care of. And this was serious because they were dependent on this, and it threatens to divide this group. It's a big issue. It's a contentious issue. They, they, they grumbled about it. They brought it to the apostles' attention. And it had the it had the implication. What would happen if this wasn't solved? Are we going to have two Jewish Christian churches in Jerusalem? What's going to be the case here? What's going to happen? So we have here the response by the twelve, the apostles. You notice in verse two. So the twelve gathered, the twelve gathered all the disciples together, and then notice what they said. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Now that's the the translation, but the idea when it says wait on tables, what it means is to make sure these widows are served and that they are taken care of uh, to, to minister and serve them. What I want you to notice what the apostles don't say, they don't blame anybody, they're not defensive, Instead, they accept responsibility. They're the leaders in Jerusalem. It's brought to their attention. And rather than be defensive, they speak to the issue. And, and they say, look, okay, here's a problem. We need to deal. This is a, this is a challenge. But it's also an opportunity for us to, to, to redo how we're doing things and to do some things differently. And the 12 say, it would not be right for us to neglect what God has called us specifically to do, to teach His Word, to preach and evangelize, and pray, you notice, and pray. For us to stop doing this, to address these needs, these physical needs of the widows, it would take away. This would not be right. What do we do? What's the solution? And so the solution they set forth, and I really appreciate the attitude of the 12 here. It's not defensive. No one's getting blamed. They take responsibility as leaders. They step up and they say, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you, notice, who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. We're not going to micromanage it. We're going to pick men who are competent, who are spiritually, uh, who are spiritual, obviously. They are wise. They've evidenced this. And we're going to turn it over to them and, and let them handle this. And we're going to divide this up. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word, and that is their solution to this challenge. the The resolution. This this is a, a threat to this congregation, these congregations. And there is a word in here that oftentimes diaconus, diaconus, the idea of deacon, and some say this is where the idea of, of deacons, you know, deaconess, those serving. But I also want you to notice that it's the same word is used for ministry of the word. They're all servants. Some are serving these needs, these administrative and physical needs. Some are going to serve the preaching and teaching need. They're all spiritual needs. It's different ways of service. And that does. I just want to interject here too. Now, this is a reminder to us that all of us are full-time servants. We're all in full-time service for the Lord Jesus Christ. I, because I'm a pastor. And we say, I'm a full-time Christian uh, minister, servant. But we are all, it's, our, it's all of our vocations. We are Christian servants. And in this case here, uh, one is not more important than the other. It's a division of how things are done. And it really fits the Old Testament concept. Think about back when Moses was in the wilderness and his father-in-law saw him there with a line up of people waiting to see him. And he says, Moses, this isn't good. Uh, you need to appoint men uh, who are able to do this. And they picked men. These same men were spiritually... Uh, spiritually led and they were good leaders and we'll see men like this prophesying in the Old Testament and so on. And so this is really a tradition that goes back to the Old Testament way of doing things and, and this early church in Jerusalem, this Jewish Christian church here, they had to come to this conclusion that, you know, we, we need to divide this up. We need to meet these needs of these people. This is a challenge but it was an opportunity to, to move ahead and do some things different And they were able to do that and they chose these men and i want you to notice i want you to notice the the name is kind of interesting that when they say here's our solution this proposal pleased the whole group they chose stephen a man full of faith and of the holy spirit and we're going to see him of course in the next chapter if you think that these men who were doing his serving were somehow spiritually less qualified Um, he's the one in chapter 7 who gives this amazing speech and is, of course, stoned and executed with Saul in charge of it that uh, was sort of ended this opportunity for the the kingdom to be accepted. That's another study we'll we'll come to another time. But that's Stephen. These are spiritually led, spiritually mature leaders. But I want you to notice, that it appears they all have Greek names. Now, whether they're all Hellenistic Jews or not, but it is interesting when the apostles made this decision, the, the 12 apostles who are primarily Galilean, right, and Judean, that's their territory. They're from Palestine, we could say. And yet they appoint primarily Greek-speaking Jews, evidently, to oversee for both groups. It's an amazing response that they have here. Notice he says here, They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And I love this story. I love the way that this serious situation, this is a serious situation, the care of the widows. This is something you read about in the Old Testament. And something that God's people are asked to do is to care for the fatherless and the widows, as I mentioned last time. There's no social safety net. There's no financial safety net, as we saw last week in our study of Barnabas. And they had to meet these needs. And here you have this, this story of, of the church coming together to help in their community and to begin this tradition of reaching out and, and helping others, which we as the Christian faith, we have. We have been committed. It's always amazing to me whenever there's a catastrophe in the world. Who are the first people on the ground? Oftentimes it's ministries from our own area that are there on the ground who are meeting needs. And we have this history of, of we, we should have this history and continue of, of meeting needs of people. And in this early, in this early situation, this is serious. These widows will not survive without help from the synagogue. And this is the synagogue they belong to now, the new house of prayer that the believers belong to. Challenges, but opportunities. Challenges and opportunities. As you read through the book of Acts, and we see the book of Acts, and we see this transition where it goes to the Gentile world with a calling and a raising up of the apostle Paul to go to the Gentile world with the message of the gospel. And we will continue to see challenges. We'll see things like the Jerusalem council, we'll We'll see uh, areas where where the apostles are beaten, as we saw with with uh, Paul and Silas in prison. We'll see division. We'll see Paul coming back to Jerusalem later on in Acts and they're saying, "Look at, there's myriads of believers here still zealous for the law. Paul, go in and offer a sacrifice which he does. I mean, there's these challenges and challenges and challenges in the book of Acts as we see this story and this transition to the Gentile world ministry and yet the work that's going on in Judea challenges but these challenges are opportunities at every time god raises up people god gives guidance and instruction to meet the challenge and an opportunity for something new something maybe to change and so we don't want us to focus on that today as we consider this wonderful account from the book of acts and we see this as, as the Apostle Paul, uh, as he teaches in his epistles, we've been going through Ephesians in our hour of grace, and we see the challenges that he addressed and the solutions to them of walking worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. These challenges that give us opportunities. Challenges and opportunities. And I love the way this was resolved. I love, first of all, that the Apostles had the right attitude. Rather than get defensive as leaders, rather than place any blame, I love the way, I mean, it's just so beautiful the way it says here, the 12 in verse 2, the 12 gathered all the disciples and said, it would not be right for us, brothers, to do this. There's three, you choose seven men from among you, we'll turn it over to you. And they did. And they continued to do their work and were martyred one after another, of course, throughout the the story, as were many of these uh, servants who were doing this work with the widows. And I'm sure it included more than just the widows. It included all aspects of this meeting needs in their community. It was important. What would have been the testimony? What would have been the testimony in that context if they could not resolve this? And instead they divided into two camps sort of ethnically, Grecian Christian Jews, Hebraic Christian Jews. What would have been the testimony? What would have been the result of that? in that Jewish community, as they look to these people who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, who left that message with them to love one another. This is how all men will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. How would that have gone if they couldn't resolve this tension between these ethnicities within Judaism in this local assemblies, in local assemblies? I love the way the apostles handled this. I love their response, and I love the godly way. And I love the way these other men stepped up when they were asked to do this. And they took on this responsibility. And it was a serious responsibility. It cost Stephen his life to be a leader and a spokesman in this group as well, as you'll see in chapter 7. And they stepped up, and they took on this responsibility. And nobody complained that we're not, we don't get to preach, we don't get to be in the public, we're doing this table waiting, this waiting on people, helping them, making sure their needs are meet, making sure things are distributed, making sure people get food, making sure that widows and orphans are cared for in this community. No, they saw this as a calling from God. Challenges and opportunities. So today, as I think about this, as I mentioned as we began our message this morning, who would have thought first of the year the challenges that have come our way the issues that have come our way, things that need resolving, and also the opportunities that have come our way. As we've mentioned every week, uh, we're all dealing with this lockdown uh, that's now starting to change. And as Pastor Gary has shared with you, uh, we are making plans. We are looking ahead. We will be meeting together again. Uh, It's going to be a process. We all know that. And uh, we want you to continue to pray for our leaders, Our elders, our staff, our leaders, our task force, we put together as we all work together, we need the right leadership and guidance and wisdom from God as we face this challenge, but also this opportunity. And I and I think this has been an opportunity. None of us would have chosen this. No one would choose this, (laughs) to have to meet like this. I'm speaking to an empty congregation right now, except someone in the sound booth. we wouldn't choose this. We wouldn't choose to not be able to get together. But it's also been an opportunity. I mean, I kind of look at this as it's been sort of a reset, as we have to kind of step back and 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 look at how how we do our ministry, how when we resume, what is the most important thing, where is the most important place for our resources and our time and our energies, uh, what are we looking to God for guidance. Uh, It's an opportunity, like I mentioned our first week, sort of a forced Sabbath in some ways, in in some aspects. But it's also kind of an opportunity to step back and say, you know, where does God want us as we move forward? This is a challenging time. This is an important time. It's an important time for our church, as you know, and the the things ahead for us as we're looking for a senior pastor, youth pastor, looking at our ministry uh, for the next 55 years, 56 years, ahead of us unless the Lord returns. But it's an opportunity. And I think that's very important that we see this. See this as this situation in in Acts chapter six, this challenge, but this opportunity. These opportunities come sometimes once in a lifetime. We think of the events that take place uh, generationally, uh, this is certainly a generational change, but it's an opportunity. It's kind of interesting if we see it this way, that even in our mission field, I, I received, i was reading some mission letters this morning. <clears throat> and I was reading the one from uh, Frosty Hansen, of course, uh, Gary's father, <clears throat> excuse me, who's in Bolivia, he and Kathy in Bolivia. And, of course, they talk about uh, how hard it's been there to be locked down. And they're really locked down. They can't leave their compound. And they've been really, and it's frustrating as a, as a missionary, especially when they were looking forward to their education center really getting going this year and the students and with working with Talo and Patty, it's been a challenge not just here, but all over the world. But I appreciate what he said. Looking at the opportunities and some of the things that it has brought that it wouldn't that wouldn't have happened. Our theology students are at home talking with family about their faith. With less outside activity, some of our students have initiated discipleship ministries, initiated discipleship ministries. Church social media groups have become an active avenue for encouragement and prayer. Pastors have learned new ways, new ways to teach their congregations through social media, audio, and video tools. Virtual platforms are increasingly used for worship services, Bible studies, and meetings. In Bolivia, this is one of the poorest countries in South America, in our hemisphere, But there's opportunities that never would have come if we hadn't gone through this. We don't want to go through it again. We don't want to see people sick and die from this flu as well, of course. And that's why we're doing all this. But in this challenge, God has given us opportunities. Opportunities. Then this morning, I took a minute to watch a video from one of our local pastors in Edmonds who's involved with uh, Church Awakening, a ministry in Seattle that is more than just one church, but trying to work with churches to work together as a church to address the needs in our community. And I shared a, a conversation they had with a pastor down in the Rainier Valley, and I really enjoyed uh, Pastor Drake uh, down in Rainier Valley at the Emerald Christian Fellowship, the African-American pastor in this, in this very integrated community in, in, in Rainier Valley. And we all know the issues that we're dealing with right now too, and this racial tensions and the issues of of prejudice and racism that have come our way that we've talked about. We mentioned this, of course, last week. And he talked about, and and I appreciate what he he said in this interview and sharing. This is a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, an evangelical Christian brother, and they're ministering in the spiritual lives of people and the social lives. He talked about embracing this opportunity. As hard as it's been, as hard as it's been, and yet to to realize that the awareness gives us an opportunity to to embrace this opportunity and has begun some good conversations. You know, I'm thinking of this situation in the book of Acts. This is inside the, the church. This is not an outside. This is in the church that they have to bring this healing and this unity and need wisdom to do this. And as Christian brothers and sisters, you know, we belong to a much larger community. It's a worldwide community. Think about it. I was thinking about this myself. What entity in the world, I use that word entity for lack of a better term. What entity in this world is more diverse ethnically, culturally, socially, economically? I mean, you name it than the church, the body of Christ, this worldwide body. And for those of us who have had opportunity to travel around the world and and to visit um, some of our ministries and to have them come and visit us, and we realize what an opportunity we have as a church, the body of Christ, to begin with where we are within our own church community, to have these conversations and to step up and to step up and lead, and to demonstrate as spiritual leaders. And as we, if we share the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and how this addresses these social issues that we must be aware of and we must talk about, that we have the ability to step forward and to step in front with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. As hard as this has been, and it has been hard in many ways, of course, for many people, and yet, it's a it's this out of this pain and out of this time comes opportunity. These are challenges that bring opportunities for us to be the church. And there's some great conversations that are beginning amongst churches, amongst pastors, amongst uh, the different ethnicities in our own Puget Sound community. That and these are Christian brothers and sisters who are serious about. We're all serious about what, what God wants us to do and, and to have those opportunities. And we need to start within the church community. I'm not just talking about this church I serve, but our church community. What an opportunity to begin to, to be leaders and to address, not like the apostles, not with fault finding, not with defensiveness, but instead to step up together and seek solutions. We need to start in our own church community. It's been amazing. Our young people are looking to us. Our young people are looking to us to work with us and to to have these conversations and and to lead the way as we work together and how God's gospel addresses the issues that are confronting us today. You know, another missionary letter I got today was from our friends Dan and Barb Butler. They're returning from Germany after serving for many years now after they, of course, originally in the field and back in the States and now for the last several years in Kenya and Germany. And I really like what, I like what he said in his, in his letter. He said, when we talk about the things that come our way and can get discouraging on the news and, you know, from this epidemic and all the, you know, they've had gone through this in Europe as well. But the opportunities they've had with Wycliffe Ministries to, to reach out and, and to, and to, and to meet people where they're at and to bring the Word of God in the language. One of the things he said, from Germany, as the world watches the U.S. apparently tearing itself apart, Barb and I wonder what opportunities we will have to be instruments of peace in the community where we will live when they move back here to the Pacific Northwest. We talked about this last week, and I just want to keep this in front of us as, as your pastor today, and if, and if you're joining us from other parts of the world, the country, um, you're, I'm your pastor right now for this time you're with us. And uh, this is this, this is my I'm just sharing with you from from my heart that, that these are times of challenges, and we need to honestly step up and realize these are times of opportunity that we may not have again, and that we want to be the ones as a church, the body of Christ, who handle God's word. You know, the apostle said we must give ourselves to this word. to to preaching, to teaching, and to prayer, and the others to give themselves to meeting the needs as we step forward as a church and step in front, not behind, with the word of God that addresses the conditions of the human heart due to our sinful nature, that we have the message of hope and of life and equality and justice and love for all people equally because of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he has done for us we have that opportunity. I want to close with this. What was the result of this church coming together and rising to this challenge and seeing it as an opportunity to do something in new ways bounded within the, what God would have them to do from what they had been revealed to them in his scripture and in his Holy Spirit had revealed to him? What was the result? We see the result in verse seven, because of this, because of this solution, it's in this context, because of this solution they came to, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests, Levitical priests became obedient to the faith, to the Christian faith. You know what? What group of people in Jerusalem had the most to give up to come to Christ? It was the Sadducees and the Levitical priests, the high priests and the priesthood that was most cozy with the Romans. They were the most, they were the best off politically, economically, local power, and everything else. The, Sad, the Sadducees, the Pharisees uh, were not. They were more with the people and the rabbis and the synagogues. The priesthood, these people had a lot to give up by embracing the Christian faith but the result of the apostles and the people in this Jewish church in Jerusalem the result of them rising to this challenge seeing it as an opportunity having the conversations being honest doing what God led them to do the result is a number of pl- a large number of priests Priests became obedient and accepted Christ as their Savior. What's at stake for us, friends, as a family of God today? This opportunity with these challenges have brought, as painful and as hard as it's been to be a part of and to watch and to realize and to step back, but the opportunities we have now to step forward, to step forward together, Again, to set aside our political differences, social economic differences, and racial differences, to to step forward together as united people of God to show the world what it really means to love and respect and treat each other equally, to grow together with a heart and a burden to reach the spiritual needs as well as the social needs with the message of the Word of God. This is what we have. And this is what this challenge and this opportunity that we have today in all areas that we've been through these last month and weeks. uh, May God lead us and may we humbly, may we humbly go to him and his word and his heart and be that church that steps out in front with the word of God and the message of hope. God bless you. Thank you for taking time. I know that It's not easy always to to find the way to do it this way, but I appreciate so much, really. You're taking time to to be a part of our ministry um, and and share with us and allow us to share with you. God bless you, and may God bless the work of his family in our local community, in our country, and around this world this week. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We love you. We humbly uh, give our lives to you, Father, and may we be those people who step up to the challenges, are honest about them, and are willing to seek the opportunity to be used by you to bring healing, hope, health, reconciliation, and most of all, the wonderful message of eternal life, forgiveness for sins, and joy as members of your body, the church, the body of Christ. In Christ our Savior's name, we all pray together. Say with me, Amen.